Time for QuackCast. 58, plus or minus 3. The award-winning, yes, award-winning. Thank you, everybody, who voted for this QuackCast. Two years in a row now. Beth, Beth, best health QuackCast. The Beth podcast is by KISS, I suppose. But thank you. So, what you may ask is the topic of this particular QuackCast. The answer is cranberry juice. Yeah. Isn't that what was said at the end of Strawberry Fields? Nah, I think it was, I buried Cam. Anyway, this is a review of the use of cranberry juice for the treatment of bladder infections. Most of this has appeared over at Science Based Medicine in written form. For them, what want the references. It always somewhat surprises me how interventions never seem to die. Theophylline seems to have disappeared in the medical pantheon, but what comes around goes around, and I predict a resurgence of Theophylline this century. Despite the study that shows, yet again, echinacea has no effect on colds, I predict the study will neither decrease the sales of echinacea nor prevent further funds from being spent on clinical trials to try and prove its efficacy. You hear that, JREF? I made a prediction. I used my psychic abilities. I will await my million-dollar check. Make it out to Mark Chrislop. Another therapy that refuses to die, or even be clarified for that matter, is the use of cranberry juice for urinary tract infections. PubMed references go back to 1962, seven years before Paul died, and there are over 100 references. However, firm conclusions are still lacking. There is a reasonable but incomplete basic science behind the potential use of cranberry juice for urinary tract infections. E. coli, the most common cause of outpatient urinary tract infections, causes infections in the bladder in part by binding to the uroepithelial cells. These are the cells that line the bladder. To do this, they make fimbriae, proteinaceous fibers on the bacterial cell wall. These fimbriae are adhesions that attach to specific sugar-based receptors mm, sugar, on uroepithelial cells. Think Velcro. Being able to stick to cells is an important virulence factor for bacteria, but not a critical one. It is not the sine qua non of bladder infections. I loves my Latin. Do all E. coli causing urinary tract infections have fimbriae? Nope. It is, in fact, the minority of E. coli that cause UTI that have fimbriae. And the presence of fimbriae may be more important for the development of pyelonephritis, a kidney infection, than cystitis, a bladder infection. A long and tedious quote now begins. The prevalence of uropathogenic Escherichia coli bearing type 1 and or P. fimbriae was assessed in 179 adult women with urinary tract infections, and the presence of specific fimbriae types was correlated with the results of localization studies. Hmm, sounds like fun. E. coli with P. fimbriae occurred more frequently in patients with clinically defined pyelonephritis, 57%, than in women with cystitis, 19% or asymptomatic bacteria, 15%, whereas organisms with type 1 fimbriae were equally distributed in the three patient groups. 
In contrast, the presence of P. fimbriated strains was not correlated with infection localized to the upper urinary tract by either antibody-coated bacteria technique, a waste of time, or ureteral catheterization. Thus, although P. fimbriation appears to be an important virulence factor associated with the development of acute pyelonephritis in adult women, its detection appears not to be useful. Localization test per se and effects to prevent these infections should not be directed against this factor alone. End long, tedious quote. And in children, a short, tedious quote, quote, P. fimbriae were present in 91% of urinary strains causing acute pyelonephritis, kidney infections. Among strains causing cystitis or asymptomatic bacteria, P. fimbriae were found in 19% and 14% of cases, respectfully. Actually, it's respectively. You don't respect the E. coli, do you? End quote. So fimbriated E. coli account for a distinct minority of urinary tract infections. What then, you may ask, and I'm sure you're asking, is the alleged mechanism by which cranberry juice is beneficial in preventing UTIs? Well, cranberry juice and some other fruits contain proanthrocyanidins, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. And there is reasonable data that demonstrates that proanthrocyanidins block adherence, get this, of P-fimbriated E. coli to uroepithelial cells. But not all E. coli. Quote, interestingly, well, we'll be the judge of that. Proanthrocyanidin shows a strong inhibitory activity against mannose-resistant adhesins produced by urinary isolates of E. coli, but shows only moderate anti-adherent activity against fecal E. coli isolates, end quote. So, the theory is that by taking cranberry juice or cranberry pills or cranberry extract, or I suppose cranberry sauce and turkey, you will block the E. coli from sticking to bladder cells, and that in turn will decrease the number of urinary tract infections. However, as we have seen, the amount of P. fimbriated E. coli to which cranberry juice might work is small in number. The use of cranberry should be more beneficial as a preventative than as a treatment of cystitis, and should be effective only in a minority of patients, since only a minority of patients have the fimbriae that could be blocked by cranberry juice. There have been a number of clinical trials in different populations to see if cranberry products are of benefit in the prevention of urinary tract infections, and there have been variable efficacy. And there are, I'm shocked, shocked to find problems with these studies. First, no one has ever done the basic pharmacokinetics on proanthrocyanidins to see if there is indeed proanthrocyanidins in the urine of people who take cranberry products. The closest they have come is that the urine of patients who consume cranberry juice inhibits E. coli binding to bladder epithelial cells. Close, but it may be something else in the urine that is leading to the decreased E. coli adherence. I may complain about the pharmaceutical companies and the spin they put on their clinical trials, but at least they are nice. Nice is in the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which, and methodical in determining the basic pharmacokinetics of their preparations. 
doing clinical trials without first determining that there is sufficient material that can be effective before showing that it is effective is the homeopathic and most scam method of research. No one has been methodical in their evaluation of cranberry products, so we are left with a hodgepodge of incomplete studies. Imagine doing an antibiotic study where you neither tested the susceptibility of the organisms to the antibiotic before or after you treated an infection. It would be, let me think, stupid. So you'd have no idea if the therapy should or could have been effective. Some populations where cranberry products have been tried, the neurogenic bladder, spinal cord injuries, the elderly, have radically different microbiology and epidemiology. And one wonders if the basic principles behind the rationale for cranberry juice are even remotely applicable. Neurogenic bladders and spinal cord injuries suffer from both poor emptying and catheterization. Both are risk factors that are probably far more important than the ability of E. coli to bind to uroepithelial cells. Fimbriated E. coli are the least of the worries for why these patients get urinary tract infections. It would have been nice if they had done the groundwork first. It is the usual throw feces at the wall, uncertain if the feces are even the correct projectile, seeing if anything sticks, and then trying to draw a target around it. One study found trimethoprim and cranberry juice equivalent in preventing recurrent urinary tract infections, but there was no placebo weighing. At best, chronic antibiotics are only minimally effective in preventing urinary tract infections, depending, of course, on what patient populations are studied. So when the Cochrane Review says, ready for another tedious quote, cranberries, usually as cranberry juice, have been used to try and prevent urinary tract infections. Cranberries contain a substance that can prevent bacteria from sticking on the walls of the bladder. This may help prevent bladder and other urinary tract infection. This review identified 10 studies comparing cranberry products with placebo, juice, or water. There was some evidence to show that cranberries, juice, and capsules can prevent recurrent infections in women. However, the evidence for elderly men and women was less clear and there is evidence that it is not effective in patients who need catheterization. Many people in the trial stopped drinking the juice, suggesting it may not be a popular intervention, at least if it's not a cosmopolitan. In addition, it is not clear how long cranberry juice needs to be taken to be effective or what the required dose might be. End tedious Cochrane quote. I think, well, the studies are so fundamentally flawed who knows what can really be said about the efficacy of cranberry juice? As noted in a 2004 Clinical Infectious Disease Review, tedious quote begins, Furthermore, results of the reviewed studies have not been viewed as conclusive because many of the trials suffer from various limitations, including lack of randomization, no or improper blinding, small numbers of subjects, short trial durations, large numbers of dropouts, and no reported intent to treat analysis. Perhaps the single most consistent limitation of these trials is a lack of uniformity regarding the intervention, including the particular cranberry products evaluated, juiced, sweetened cocktail or capsules and tablets, concentration, dosing regimen, and duration of the intervention, which greatly differed from study to study and tedious quote. So really, what good is a meta-analysis on crap? 
If you collect individual cow pies into a larger pile, it does not transmogrify into gold. Can you make any conclusions under those circumstances? Is a meta-analysis or systematic review even reasonable? Gigo. Garbage in, garbage out. Which, I am starting to think, should be the motto for some of the Cochrane reviews. Which brings us to the most recent cranberry juice study. The excitingly entitled Cranberry Juice Fails to Prevent Recurrent Urinary Tract Infection Results from a Randomized Placebo-Controlled Trial from the January 2011 Clinical Infectious Diseases, which has all my favorite SBM words, prospective, randomized, double-blind comparison of the therapeutic efficacy of 8 ounces of cranberry juice drank, drunk, drinked, twice daily in preventing a urinary tract infection. Cranberry juice consisted of an 8-ounce bottle, 240 mils for you who speak metric, containing a mean proanthrocyanidin concentration of 112 milligrams per dose. But we have no idea if any of that product was even in the urine. At the end of the six-month period, there was no difference in relapsing urinary tract infection between those who consumed cranberry juice and them what had placebo. Quote, we report results of a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial on the effects of cranberry juice on the risk of recurring UTI among college-aged women. The trial was developed to detect a two-fold difference in the incidence of recurrent urinary tract infections with alpha of 0.5 and power of 99%. The power was estimated assuming we would observe a 30% recurrence rate among controls consistent with that which was reported in observational studies. Contrary to expectation, we found that drinking an 8-ounce dosage of cranberry juice twice per day gave no protection against the risk of recurring UTI amongst college-age women. End of quote. So does this put the answer to rest? Eh, probably not. You do not know if the formulation led to active drug in the urine and even more importantly, you do not know if the E. coli that predominated as a cause of UTI could have been prevented. Were the recurrent infections the same E. coli? A new E. coli? Were they fimbriated E. coli? Given that the minority of E. coli should be inhibited by cranberry juice, it would be nice to know if the pre-study bacteria were fimbriated and if the post-therapy infections were also fimbriated. It may well be, and probably will be, that all the cranberry juice did was select for a bunch of E. coli that was no longer fimbriated to cause the urinary tract infections. Given that the minority of E. coli should be inhibited by cranberry juice, it would be nice to know if the pre-study bacteria were fimbriated and if the post-therapy infections were also fimbriated. In the complicated matters, ascorbic acid is found in both products, which has been associated with decreased urinary tract infections, although the studies have even less rigor than the cranberry juice studies. But I would predict, because I'm psychic, you know that from the first paragraph, that the use of cranberry juice will have little effect on either the treatment or the prevention of a urinary tract infection. When it comes to infection prevention, targeting the bacteria rather than the underlying predisposing cause is doomed to failure. If you target the bacteria with an antibiotic, the organisms rapidly evolve resistance, 
and you only end up substituting susceptible E. coli or susceptible bacteria for resistant bacteria, and your infection rates stay the same. People get urinary tract infections for a reason. Catheters, sex, hopefully not both at once, I guess except for perhaps members of the Rolling Stones, and or genetics. The bacteria take advantage of an underlying pathology to infect people. Even if the use of cranberry juice may decrease the number of UTIs due to fimbriated E. coli, if the underlying reason for the cystitis is not addressed, there will only be a substitution in the species of bacteria causing infections, not a decrease in the rates of infection. In the end, from the data that is available, I would conclude that cranberry juice probably does not prevent urinary tract infections, and any effects are likely to be of little clinical value, given the relative rarity of organisms for which it could be effective. It would require an enormous study with better methodology to prove or disprove efficacy, and not having the proper microbiology renders all studies to date probably worthless for coming up with a worthwhile conclusion as to the efficacy of cranberry juice for the treatment or prevention of urinary tract infections. Forty years of evaluation, and we are still left wanting. Still, I am sticking with cranberry juice in my cosmopolitan, but not because I think it's going to prevent a urinary tract infection. Mmm, cosmopolitan. And so ends another quack cast the award-winning quack cast damn i'm special don't forget to join my multimedia empire over at moremark.squarespace.com where you can find all sorts of blogs and other podcasts and my collected infectious disease blogs are now available as the pus whisperer a year in the life of an infectious disease doctor available at amazon.com and lulu.com a mere five bucks for, I think, 380 pages of infectious disease gold. Otherwise, I'll quit pimping myself and go make my kids a grilled cheese sandwich. Talk to you next time. Bye.